welcome to a bonus episode of Blades Pod. My name is Ben. It's Thursday, 31st of October. Um, I thought I would experiment with splitting out a Opposition View podcast into its own little bonus episode and release it slightly closer to the weekend um, instead of giving a a two-hour beast mode podcast on a Monday or a Tuesday. So here's the first one. Um, I'm very pleased to have Natalie Bromley of the Burnley podcast No Nay Never joining me. Um, we talked in quite a lot of depth about Burnley's sort of, uh, I guess, recent history under Sean Dyche and, and before that. Um, we even talked about, I guess, a, a content warning. We do talk about the 2009 playoff final, but I feel under Wilder, it's been so good that I'm, I'm comfortable kind of revisiting that. And um, yeah, it's interesting. It is actually interesting to hear the opposition perspective on that day and uh, a little bit of a sliding doors moment as well. But yeah, um, I hope you enjoy this. I certainly did. It was uh, it was interesting hearing uh, the kind of inadvertent parallels between Deitch's Burnley and Wilder's United. And I think it will be an interesting game on Saturday. So yeah, if you're uh, if you're a fan of this format of um, having a second podcast in a week, please do let me know on Twitter. It's at BladesPod. I'd, I'd very much appreciate the feedback. Um, and yeah, here we go. We'll be back uh, with Andrew on Monday or Tuesday next week to to talk about this game with Burnley. But in the meantime, here is Natalie to discuss all things related to the Clarets. Thanks again for listening. All right, I'm very pleased to welcome now Natalie Bromley from the No Nay Never podcast uh, and website and blog. Natalie, how are you doing today? We're very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good as well. Are you looking forward to the weekend, the return of football? Um, I am, and I'm not really. I think it will depend on what reaction we get from last weekend's game. I, I usually do look forward, get to the end of the week, and I look forward to, to the weekend, especially if you have no football at all midweek. It, you can mm. get sort of yeah, a bit itchy fingers caught you by the end of, yeah, the, by the, end of the week. <laughs> well, this is what we're experiencing. Obviously, it's 12 years since United have been mm. in the Premier League, and suddenly it's like, where are all the midweek games? Why are we it's, going so long? Yeah. I still miss it. So this is our what we've been six years in the Premier League in the last ten years, and and as much as it's important to play football now in the Premier League, and, and you guys, uh, hopefully if you do stay up, you'll, uh, which I'm sure you will, to be honest, but uh, you guys will hopefully start to realise this. It's amazing how much you start getting used to Premier League football and think this is genuinely where I want us to play our football, except for the lack of games. Um, mm. That's I still miss that about the Championship. I still miss regular Saturday three o'clock games and not knowing where the heck you're going to play football next week <laughs> and I still miss choosing our games and just that regularity of that brutal campaign is, is so much fun but uh, you'll yeah. get used to it I think I think we've had uh, I think we played three games in October uh, and I think we played three in November or something like that with the international break so yeah it's t- taking a little bit of getting used to but I suppose it just makes every every actual game feel like more of an event but there you go that's true that's true um, all right, so let, let's talk. Uh, we're going to talk specifically about about the present for for Burnley, I suppose. But let's. I'd, I'd like to start by asking about the the Burnley experience under Sean Dyche. Obviously, he's been your manager for quite a long time now. Um, I, I think uh, when United got promoted, um, it was this kind of thing of like, I hope we. Whatever happens this season, I hope we stick with Chris Wilder. You know, there's a, a plan in place clearly. You know, that's got us up two levels and then you know stick with it he's going to be the best man to get you to to bounce back if you do get relegated and that's obviously what um what you've kind of gone through with with Deitch I think that's quite a a rare situation as well for a, a team that gets relegated to stick with a manager and come back and become an established Premier League team so yeah what what has been the uh, the Burnley experience like in the last six years as a fan it's been um 
just incredible, really. I think we go back to 2009 when our paths last crossed and um, just the fate of that day. And we had our first Premier League season back in 2009, 2010. But that was just... God, it feels like a lifetime ago now. And that was the start of the adventure for us. But it was a different team, a different manager, he who shall not be spoken about. And for the first sort of two or three years of that decade, it was quite difficult. Um, We thought that we'd turned a corner when Eddie Howe came to to Burnley and um, Mm. started to manage us. And that was quite a a move from the norm for Burnley. It wasn't the kind of manager that we'd usually gone for. He was young, he was um, promising, he was very trendy manager, he was English as well. And there was a lot of, of hoo-ha around his appointment and it felt really exciting for us at the time um, because it just felt like we were really going to start kicking on and, and seeing if we could make success of football in, in Burnley and, and get out of the lower leagues for, that we've been in for quite a long time and try and really push on. Um, one reason or another, family mainly, it just didn't work for um, Eddie Howe and he didn't stay with us for that long. Mm. And it was it, it left quite a bitter taste in everybody's mouth, really. I mean, I think the writing was on the wall before he actually left. And it's quite unusual for a manager to actually quit as well, rather than be sacked. Mm. Um, he quit and went back down to, to Bournemouth. Um And we were scratching our heads a little bit, really. And I think at that point, our board knew that they had to get the appointment right. And we it was just an absolute stroke of luck that at the time, Deitch, just before then, had been managing Watford. Mm. And he was just getting on the cusp of getting Watford into the championship playoffs and get them into the Premier League. And the the Watford had a buyout and and the Potsy family came in. And the first thing they did, they sacked him for no reason to the absolute anger of Watford fans mm. because they wanted Gianfranco Zola and they wanted a big foreign name in there and who played attractive football. Um, and so Deitch then left and became um, Gareth Southgate's assistant manager for the under-21s at England. Um, so he was free. He wanted to come back into club football. And he applied for the job when um, Eddie Howe left at Burnley. And we he was given the job and he was incredibly impressive. And we ended up um, paying compensation to the FA for, to release him from the under-21s. And, and the rest is history. Um, we went up and down with, with Deitch. He got, in his first season, he... Um, ruffled a few feathers I think he stopped Charlie Austin scoring which was weird Um, and then he stopped the whole team from scoring but we suddenly looked like world beaters in defence and um, he he steadied the ship in that first season and his second full season was when we came up behind Leicester as uh, runners up with automatic promotion Um, went up for a season came down for a season won the championship in that if you remember ridiculous championship campaign where it was neck and neck between Middlesbrough and Brighton right up to the last couple of games of the season yeah we won it um, when we had Joey Barton in the side as well and we've never been down since and a lot of people questioned at the time when we got relegated the first time whether we would sack Deitch and nobody inside of Burnley even entertained that idea and even if you spoke to a fan they'd be like well no of course we're not going to sack him why on earth would we sack him Um, and that loyalty's paid off and he's one of the longest serving managers I think he's the second serving manager in the Premier League only behind Eddie Howe who Mm. left two two weeks earlier to leave Burnley and go to Bournemouth Um, and it's just it's just there's a stability about the club that you just don't get in the Premier League and there's no knee-jerk reactions and every decision that we make is calculated and it, you know, we, we might be unfashionable and we might be boring to people and people might not think that that fits with the Premier League brand, but it works for us. And the as much as Premier League football is amazing, the absolute 
aim has to be to survive as a business and to still have Burnley Football Club here in the next 100 years. And if we don't make unfashionable decisions now, then that's just not going to happen. Mm. No, I've, I've nothing but respect for it, to be honest. I mean, we, we talked about this on um, on my podcast earlier in the week, um, uh, specifically about Burnley and, and kind of parallels with, with United. There's so few teams in the Premier League, it seems like, that have an actual... A plan, you know, or like have a, a way of getting, you know, the most out of their resources. Mm, correct. I mean, you know, Arsenal, the classic uh, antithesis of that that we just played the other week. Um, and yeah, Burnley very much, uh, yeah, are, are basically, yeah, they know exactly what, what they're trying to do and they've been pulling it off for year after year now. Um, it's, and I'm always encouraged to hear, you know, when a team sticks with a manager and, and that the fans were like fully on board with that as well, because. Yeah, I really do hope that that is exactly what we do if we do end up getting relegated this season. So, yeah, it's good to hear. Um, yeah, I think I think your challenge on that won't be whether you decide to let him go. Uh, your manager is is attracting way too much attention. If I was a Sheffield United <laughs> fan, your challenge if you get relegated won't be whether you sack him. It will be who comes in for him. Yeah, no, we're, that's the challenge. We've we've been used to that over the last few years. <laughs> it keeps cropping up. Basically, every time a new job crops up, um, he yeah. seems to be the one linked with it. But Fortunately, still here and touch wood, he'll still be here for uh, as long as Dyche has been at Burnley, if not longer. Um, yeah. So coming into this season then, um, obviously last season uh, you had a taste of the Europa League in the early stages. That was last season, right? Yes, that's yeah. correct. What was, what was your expectations heading into this season? What, what would um, what, what would success look like for Burnley this year? At 17th. That's that's what happens every single season. And you guys will get used to this. Um <laughs> It's a brutal league and until the balance of power shifts in the Premier League and until we actually have a fairer league where there isn't the top six and then um, if you finish seventh, you're the best of the rest, until that balance changes, then your your survival has to be the main focus. Now, you can, I think you, you'll end up finding yourselves in a dual aimed season so success every single season as a minimum has to be survival and quite frankly there's no difference between finish 17th in the Premier League and finishing 8th the mm. net result is that you get to play Premier League season uh, football next season and yes the prize money may um, <clears throat> fluctuate depending on where you finish and how much TV revenue you've had etc but um, it's mainly the same um, if you get the poison chalice that is 7th then well good luck to you mm. and if you go down then you know that's that can be for some clubs a financial disaster now once you've achieved that aim um, and we've had a good enough start that you would hope that that would be the case um, you then start reassessing around Christmas time what you would then define success to be after then and um, what I've been looking at isn't on position anymore we spent the first four seasons just trying to get to that 40 point mark and sometimes slightly under 40 points has been enough to survive but Mm. it's that benchmark of this magic 40 points number but I expressed um, frustration with our insistence on that being the main aim at the beginning of this season um, and I don't, I'm not taking credit for this because clearly somebody else thinks the same thing but I said in, in, in all the pre-season friendlies that we had to start looking at 50 points being our new benchmark not 40 because if you're aiming for 50 points you're well away from that bottom three you're not you know, hanging around the last four games of the season panicking that you just get over the line and you're probably going to finish around 10th to 13th which I think is a natural finish for Burnley at the moment I I, th- I truly believe we are um, around 10th to 13th in the league in terms of ability and mm. experience. Um, 
and 50 points is usually enough to get you to that point um, and it might be that that's our only aim for the next um, five years we've got to make these small gains we've got to do this slowly um, so this season for me survival is success if we manage to get near to 50 points um, I'd be really pleased with that um, and, I, and I guess as a really nice to have I would quite like to stop drawing Manchester City away in cups and maybe have a decent FA Cup run that would be lovely <laughs> um, which if you if you're sitting at Christmas with a decent points tally um, which looks like you've, you've got a very good chance of surviving in the league then you can then start concentrating on, on, the, on the FA Cup the worst thing in the Premier League is being stuck in the bottom three with I think last year we had nine points on the board by Boxing Day um, with hardly any wins and mm. you just simply can't concentrate on the FA Cup because you've got to survive. Mm. So, and you end up getting knocked out by a, a League One team or something like... It happens everything. <laughs> actually, it, it is interesting, actually. I, I would say this. Um, Darch is an incredible manager and, and obviously we love him immensely, but he's, he's a blooming terrible cup manager. <laughs> <laughs> In a knockout cup competition, he sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, he's a great league manager, though. <laughs> Again, I think that really is another parallel with uh, with Chris Wilder. To be honest, we we've basically sacked off the cups the last few years. Um, we got knocked out by Barnet of the National League in the FA Cup third round last year. Uh, we lost to, <laughs> lost to Sunderland in the League Cup this year. The round after they, they beat you, right? Yes, they did. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> yeah, and uh, to be honest, those two games, uh, I, I went to both, and it was it was one of the or two of the worst performances I've ever seen. You know, changed the entire team. And uh, everyone, everyone just looked absolutely atrocious, but there you go. I'm, I'm okay with Character it. building. Yeah, I'm okay with it as long as the league position uh, stays stays positive. Um, so your, your season so far, uh, off to a good start, I'd say. I know you're uh, just behind us in the table, but very firmly in mid-table. I mean, there's a clutch of teams all on the sort of same amount of points. Um, you've played some good teams uh, and, and generally done pretty well against them. Uh, I watched most of the Burnley Chelsea game on Saturday evening. I have to say that was pretty, a pretty horrific. Un- yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's more. Uh, I was. I thought you were. You can pretty, say it. It's fine. <laughs> I thought you were pretty unfortunate. Genuinely, I, I, Chelsea just. Um, I mean, look at the goals Chelsea scored. They just came out of nothing. You know, just yeah, like really. a mistake here and then one fizzes into the net, and you know Burnley missed some good chances uh, while the score was still pretty close. So that that could have gone either way, I think. But yeah, just generally, how how do you how are you feeling about um, how the seasons kind of unfolded after ten games? Yeah, really good. Um, I think we look back to ourselves. We had a, an off season last season for sure, mm. for one reason or another. No matter what people say that would be, it just it just didn't work for us last season. But actually, we learned a different skill set last season. We learned how to dig deep and prove to people that we aren't. If we find ourselves in trouble, we can get out of it. And we're one of those sides that you can almost say, well, they won't go down. You know, I know they're in the bottom at the moment. They won't go down. Mm. Um, and this season, we've just looked more like ourselves. And um, in the ten games that we've played so far we have lost the games we absolutely expected to lose so Liverpool Arsenal Chelsea um, the top six sides essentially Leicester away we've lost them but we were ridiculously unlucky mm. uh, Leicester don't even get me started on VAR <laughs> that's one for another day I'm, I'm quite tired of having that argument with people yeah um, Exactly. Um, we were ridiculously unlucky away at Wolves. We were leading with 97 minutes on the clock and they got a penalty, which just absolutely was not a penalty um, in the dying seconds, which the last kick of the game to equalise. That, that dropped us two points. But then the week after we were away at Brighton and we were trailing 1-0 and we just got uh, really lucky at the end. So they kind of even themselves out. And then the, the games at home, we, we've done what we were supposed to have done. So we are where I would expect to be exactly where we would want to be. Maybe 
at worst case scenario, we're maybe two points behind where I would have liked us to be. But um, no, I, I, we're really good. We, the best thing for me, I think, this season is we are we're competing better from an attack perspective. We the Burnley blueprint for the first four seasons was very much um, defend for your life. Hmm keep in the games until 50, 60 minutes on the clock and then try and um, find those little spaces and, and, and you know, try and, and get a goal on the counter. Um, but this season, we're not just doing that. We're doing it when it's appropriate to do so, but we are really opening up defences and we're creating chances and we're creating more chances in a game than we ever have done. And I think we are, we are, we've got a much higher line that we're pressing and we are attacking from, from pretty much from defense and pushing forward. And we're using our wingers better. We've got a bit more creativity. Sure. It's not as good as the top sixes is. It's not as good as Leicester Bournemouth size like that, but it's getting to where it needs to be. Mm. Um, and all I ask for is just an improvement season on season. It might be the smallest of improvements. It might be something significant, but you can't argue this season that we look like a much better side than we have done in previous years. Um, and again, something that you guys will probably start doing soon. Um, you start looking at your side in terms of championship versus a Premier League. And nearly promoted sides, you can tell the ones that aren't going to survive. And again, you guys will start to do this soon. You'll be able to recognise the the uh, characteristics of a side that just aren't good enough to stay up. And I look at the Burnley side now and just think, without sounding arrogant in any way, shape or form, we are this side is too good for the championship. Like if mm. we if, if this side played in the championship, we would walk all over it. Um and that like I said that sounds entirely arrogant. I mean I'm just No, trying I, to, I think that's yeah. I think that's very fair. I don't I don't think uh, yeah. many people would disagree with that. No, and so then you look at that and you think, well, that's surely got to give you the confidence that you, uh, from a player's mindset, that you've earned the right to be where you are. This is not a fluke. You deserve to be Premier League because you are a Premier League side. And what breeds from that is a confidence to go and play and actually have a swagger about your game that we've not maybe had in the past. Mm. And we don't have a side full of superstars. We never have had. We have hardworking, solid players that Darch gets the absolute best out of them. So if you give them that mentality, that winning mentality that they deserve to be in the Premier League... It just suddenly the game is completely different. It's super interesting to watch. Mm. There's, honestly, listen to you talk, there's so many parallels between what we've, we're kind of yeah, in the early really stages is. of experiencing and uh, I guess where you were three or four years ago. It's it's almost, well, I would say frightening. It's actually quite encouraging. I hope, uh, yeah. I hope it pans out the same. Um, on an individual level, is there anyone who's kind of surprised you, either, either good or bad for Burnley this season, uh, uh, in terms of an a- actual players for you? Um, I don't think so, just because we, we don't have a high turnover of players. Um, mm. And as I said before, we don't have superstars. Everybody who played solidly last season is still playing solidly this season. Um, the shape of the team is the same. I think what I would probably single out is Chris Wood, I think. Um, mm. We got Chris Wood from Leeds a couple of years ago, and I think last season was his first full season in the Premier League. And he, he took a time to adapt to the to the league and to find his feet a little bit. Um but this season, he's improved hugely and he's actually become one of the most dangerous strikers in the Premier League. He mm. might not, you know, it took him a while at the beginning of the season to find his feet and to um, find the goals. But once he did, he's just, he looks ruthless. And I think he was missing on Saturday. And I think that was the big key for me. I think if Chris Wood hadn't have been missing, we would have 
that game would have been much closer. Mm. Um, it, it suddenly, when when you've lost something, um, you're looking and think, "Oh my god!" Like the, the, just the the creativity and the shape that the games in. And actually, I've realised that our entire attacking play is built around Chris Wood. Um, so I think that's that's an, he's probably been the the player that stepped up the most. Everybody else is is just a little bit better than they were last season, but predominantly the same. So yeah, I think if um, I would go as far as to say, if Wood isn't back on Saturday we probably don't stand a chance to get anything at the game. Um, if he's back, then um, I think it's going to be a really, really good battle. I can't wait. I am ridiculous. I was just I was just writing my column for my newspaper this, this morning and literally one of the lines in there was that I have been looking forward to this game all season because it's just intriguing. It's going to be... A, yeah, it really is. Two sides. I let you guys play... You, I mean, you guys have just played some incredible football. I love watching you play. Um, it's, it's. I don't. I really hate this line where people say, "Oh, you get it on Sky all the time." Sheffield United. It's really admirable. They're sticking to the guns and they're playing the way they want to do. It's like, hang on, that's a bit patronising. Like, you know, they're playing their style of football because that's how they play. It's like yeah. they're not doing it to spite anybody. That, that's just how they're playing. Why should they change it? You know, people don't like the way we play, but we don't change because it it's the way we play. And I have a bit, quite a bit of envy for the creativity that you've got in the side and the the openness and the expansive football that you play and the, the chances that you create for yourselves. Um, that said, I think we're probably a little bit more... Um, not discipline, that's not the right word. We're probably a bit more experienced in defence than you have. So it's got the potential to just either completely nullify itself and just be a draw and there's nobody who breaches either side. But I, it's one of those games, I think, even if it ends up nil-nil, it's going to be the most entertaining nil-nil ever. I think there's, I think there's a, does that, does that make sense? I think that this weekend is going to be a, a massive battle of two really technical managers. I can't wait. Yeah, no, we we talked about it on uh, on, on an episode early in the week. Yeah, I've, I've no idea how what this game is going to look like because yeah, both teams. I think we're like the eighteenth and nineteenth for most possession. Um, although I think for us, we like we like to have the ball. We just haven't been able to in most of our games. Um, <laughs> we don't like it. You can have it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's things like that. There's you know it's, how how is that going to actually shape the flow of the game? But yeah, yeah. if it feels like a nailed on draw, this game just in it terms feels, of the, yeah. But yeah, we'll see but how it goes. By the way. You know, it could, it could. You guys could. If we haven't got, if our defence have a game like they did on Saturday, then you could have, you could do yourself some goal difference, some really good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if we aren't switched on, you'll be like, hey, score for fun. There you go. <laughs> um, so talking about games with United, then uh, I mean, you mentioned one already, which we can talk about because I'm, I'm, you know, it was ten years ago. I'm good with it. Uh, memories of games with United. Uh, where, where would you like to start? Yeah, you you have to start at Wembley, don't you? You have to do. And I think it, it's just it's it's the playoffs in the football league are a very divisive concept. Some people love them, some people absolutely hate them. Yeah, we and, hate them. Yeah, no surprise. <laughs> Funnily enough, I'm a bit of a fan. Um, we've only been in twice, and we've won both times: um, the, the old fourth division and then the championship. And it's if you win at Wembley. It's the most incredible way to get promoted to the Premier League. And Burnley have done it three times. We went off in the, up in the playoffs 2009. We went up behind Leicester City as second in 2014. And we won the championship in 16. Mm. Um, and yes, winning the championship was great. Of course it was. But um, the playoffs, when you win, now on the flip side of that, losing, I imagine, must just be the absolute pits. Well, we um, always lose. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I just... I, just knowing the sheer elation of that day, uh, at the end, I would add, 
um, I can't imagine the swing of emotions to feel that extremity of emotion, but on the bad side. Um, that said, um, I didn't enjoy the game. At all. It was, it was your, well, I was going to ask you if you could. Um, yeah, I was going to ask you if you could tell me much about it because I've kind of a I've blocked it out a bit, but it's, it was also a pretty awful game. Like we. So that was our, our third of four playoff final defeats that I've seen in the last 12, um, sorry, 22 years. Flipping out, that's a long time. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to work if I've got my maths right there. Um, yeah, not in 97, that was 22 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, right. Well done. <laughs> I've only had one coffee today. Um, <laughs> what on earth was I saying? Yeah, so the, the first one was like we lost in the last minute. The second one, we were 3-0 down at half time, but we actually played well in that one. That was the one we actually turned up. Against Burnley, we were awful. It was like, I don't remember. I mean, I wanted to ask you this. Did you, apart from the sort of, you know, like, oh, no, it's going to be terrible if we blow this lead. Did you ever feel in danger in that game? I don't remember us having any chance whatsoever. No, I didn't. I I didn't, but then I did at the same time. I Mm. think my over... I don't really remember at the time how the game panned out. I couldn't remember much. Like, I couldn't even. Who was I? Was watching the the highlights at the uh, a couple of weeks ago. So every now and again, I get the DVD out, <laughs> and there were a couple of players who were playing who I genuinely just didn't even know that they were playing at that time. And somebody got sent off as well. I was like, I do not remember that. Like, Jamie Ward, yeah, yeah. It was Jamie Ward. He came on as a sub. I think he got sent off for two handballs. Yes, but was it not right? Was it like right at the end? So Lee Hendry remember. got sent off after full time for complaining to the referee. Um, ah, okay. I, think, I feel like we should have had a. There was a pretty clear penalty, I think, that wasn't given, which was like our only attack of note in yes, the whole game. Yes, correct. Um, I, I haven't actually seen that again, but I was pretty close at the time, and I was like slightly stunned. So I think, yeah, I think Hendry just sort of melted down after full time, and, uh, and yeah, got, got sent, sent off. off. But yeah. Yeah, it was, oh, it was it was it was miserable because we were in the we were at the sunny end of Wembley. I don't know if you've sat at that end. It is an oven. It was like yeah, you know, it was please, a hot day, wasn't it? Exactly. It was like, please, can we get to half time so I'm going to stand in the shade? This is, uh. <laughs> and we're at, you know one nil down to a, a wonder goal after about I don't know how early that came actually, uh-huh. but it, it felt like a sort of like completely deflating thing. But then we just we just did nothing at all. I remember because uh, we had Cal Walker and Cal Norton. Um, both playing for us at the time, and I remember some amazing like last ditch defending from them to kind of yeah. keep it one well, 0 K- Kyle Walker was the one that I was going to mention. He was the one that I think we were watching some game, and I had to look twice at television. I was like, "Wait, what? Is that Kyle Walker?" And I had <laughs> literally no recollection of Walker even playing for you. Never mind being in that Wembley Wembley playoff. Um, and of course, he was. It was his cross that should have been the penalty, wasn't it? If I remember rightly. Um, oh, or his challenges, and I can't remember. But but yeah, we scored on the thirteenth minute, and um, it was incredible, and it was ecstatic. And you think, yes, right, we're on our way. But literally, nothing else happened in the, rest of the game. Mm. So, and I agree with you. It never really felt like we were going to lose that game. It just felt like momentum was with us, and that mm. we defended really resolutely. And you guys, apart from the penalty incident, struggled to create much. Um, but you've always got that nervousness, especially in a yeah. cup final of only having a one goal lead. So I don't remember, I just remember this overwhelming feeling of sickness throughout the entire game. And it was like, (laughs) I couldn't watch half of it. It was horrendous. And to have to go like 75 minutes with only one goal in it, you're just like, oh, this is horrific. Um, But, and I'm sorry to to bring it up, but the elation at the end was just, 
incredible. It just it just felt like we had it. I don't know why. It's, it, sometimes football fate throws up funny things, and and I just uh, the confidence going into the playoffs, the the leg against um, Reading that we played, we were very very dominant. We knew we'd already beaten you twice that season as well. We took six points off you that season. We put you home and away, yeah. um, and we were I think. Um, we weren't favourites, I don't think. You guys were favourites going into I think the we game. We finished third, didn't we? Yeah, so you guys were natural favourites, but I just we were fourth, so it's like there wasn't oh, much yeah. in it, yeah. Um, and I just think I just it just felt like we, it was ours. So, yeah. but yeah, it wasn't an enjoyable game. It really, yeah, really t- wasn't. I'm totally done with playoffs. We've obviously we've had two automatic promotions in the last three years, and it's like, yep, this is fine. I'm, I'm happy, <laughs> happy to just never go through playoffs ever again. I don't care how good it feels to win them. Let's just get promoted based on finishing first or second. Um, do you have any memories of uh, of Stan Turnan as manager and particularly his uh, contretemps with Neil Warnock that, that ran for several years? Of course. Stan Turnan was a, was a legend. I actually sobbed on the day he retired. It was horrendous. So uh, that was the start of the new era. When he left, we went through the Cotterill years, which was just grim. Um, mm, for yeah. Judas came to us. I can't even bring myself to say his name. Before you, sorry, he, you're going to have to say his name. I'm really sorry. I can't even remember who your manager was in 2009. So you mentioned him already. Who, who is this? Ugh, Owen Coyle. Ugh. I was Owen Coyle. Okay. Ugh, so so hey. what, what was the beef here? Did he jump ship to Bolton? Oh my God. Yeah, it was horrendous. So he got us promoted and, and he, he was God in our mind at the time. And it was, he was, he was the dash of the, of the early nineties. Like he ran the club and he mm. so on everybody just got on fan and manage it we were all on the same page um and then so this is our first premier league season and then uh, it was the fa cup third round and bolton had sacked their manager at the time and there's rumors going around that he was being touted for the bolton job and we were like nah why is he going to do that hmm. uh, bolton at the time of course were the you know sides like bolton blackburn they were the Bournemouth, West Ham, Southamptons of the Premier League. They were the mid-table, never going up, never sorry, never going in the top six, never going down, steady, mm. good uh, things. We were like, we're well, never going to go there. And why? How would they want him? Um, and then we had a we had a, an FA Cup game, and he was absent from the game. He didn't. We wasn't on the touchline, and he didn't do the presses afterwards either. And everyone was like, oh my god, what's going on? And he came out with this excuse, and his his family was ill, and he had to go up to Scotland to see his family. He wasn't. He was in the book. Bolton boardroom signing his contract to take over as manager and excuse me <coughs> I'm sorry I was getting overly excited then <laughs> the rage was making me choke on the words um, and he he jumped ship and he left Bolton and he t- but it wasn't just that he left it was the manner that he left it was our first yeah. Premier League season and we were all on the you know we were all on this this ride together he took the entire backroom staff, the entire medical staff, and he took the entire um, scouting division, and he took the uh, took half of the corporate team as well. So he rinsed us completely to the extent it was that bad that our next game after that FA Cup, so our first game without him was United away. Now, can you imagine? I mean, I know United are not doing great this season, but this is Old Trafford in 2009 under Alex Ferguson, where you and it's the first time you've ever played a Premier League game away at Old Trafford. It's the one fixture we all look forward to, mm. and our our lads had to be trained in the week up to the game, and they had to be coached by two ex-players who are in their 70s now who are in, who are employed by the club to, to do ground tours on match day. Who is that? Um, Willie Irvin and um, I can't remember the other guy. Um, and that's how that's that's how bad it was. We had no yeah. delay. And, you know, and we ended up the, the, the 
you know, the wheels came off and, and we ended up going down that season. Like, we probably would have done anyway, but it just felt like we had the momentum as a newly, we had that confidence and swagger of a newly promoted side. And he, but, the, but also, and it's, it's hilarious how football comes to bite you. The fanfare in his press releases when he left was saying that Burnley are going nowhere, essentially. Mm. And, and Bolton are at least 10 years ahead of Burnley in terms of infrastructure, money and ambition. Oh, dear. Hilariously, 10 years later, oh, hi, Bolton. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Are you going out of the Football League? Are you being <laughs> removed by the league? What's going on here? Oh, yeah, no. Oh, no, you've just survived. And it's just like, fate's a wonderful thing, isn't it? And as and also as well, um, uh, Bolton refused to pay his compensation once the deal had been done as well. They took us to court to try and argue how much they had to pay under his contract. It was just a horrible, horrible experience. And I can't stand the guy. Mm, I, I, feel, <laughs> I feel like his career is... Uh... Because <clears throat> yeah, it, it was a sort of a yeah, very much a, a hot young thing, I suppose, at that point. <clears throat> Excuse me, and yeah, that that seems to have been the high point of his career, I think. Yeah, uh, I think he, he left us and then decided to try and relegate every single Lancashire club he did. He went to uh, Preston at one point, he went to Blackburn at one point, which was bloody odd. Uh, sorry, pardon my French. He's the That's only fair. manager who's ever managed both Blackburn and Burnley. That tells you awful lot about that character. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's football commas. He's now ridiculous manager can't get a job and Bolton and nearly out of business so oh well (laughs) (laughs) Um, I wanted to ask just very quickly how uh, I mean we've already talked about Cal Walker and Cal Norton we we went through a spate of producing very good young uh, right backs and uh, yeah Matt Lowton is uh, is another one I I wanted to ask how he's uh, how he's getting on at Burnley I love Matt Lowton is it Lowton or Lawton? I think we call him Lawton. <laughs> Do you know Lawton. we had this? Uh, I weirdly debated this on the pod as well. I've always called him Lowton, so I'm, I'm I'm sticking with that. Although I think I did call him Lowton on the last podcast. It's so yeah. I don't know why this is a confusing name. But anyway. yeah, yeah, it's like it really shouldn't be that confusing. <laughs> it really shouldn't. Uh, yeah, I think our Burnley accent just defaults to Lawton, so I think we're going to call him that. He, I, I love him. I absolutely love him. Um, he's. He's he's another one of those players that he came to us from Villa, um, from the relegated Villa side. The Villa fans were laughing at us, saying you've been robbed there. You can happily, will happily drive you to Burnley, and and yeah, not laughing so much anymore. Um, he's one of these that probably Dyche has just got an incredible amount of ability out of him. He's improved. Um, yeah, he has his off days. Uh, I mean, I'd God, I don't think he's going to be wanting to watch that first goal against Chelsea again for a while. Um, but he, mistakes like that are very, very rare from him. Very yeah. rare. Um, and it's quite telling, actually, his cover at uh, right-backs, Phil Bardsley. Um, and whenever Lawton's out, Bardsley steps in, you can really tell the difference. Um, mm. I, I really like him. I think he's great. And actually, he's he's a funny, funny guy. Um, so whenever you watch the the fan content on the website and he does his interviews or they do like the, the extra videos to go on the the um, player and stuff and, and he's just always laughing and joking around and he just seems like a really nice character. And yeah, I'm a... Big, big, big fan of lots. Big fan. Good. I'm, I'm glad to. Yeah, it's, it's one that. I'm, yeah, we're like this with all our ex. Well, not all our ex players, but uh, most of our ex players. I'd say. I would and, uh, he's uh, he's kind of flown under the radar a little bit because I mean we've got um, obviously the two. Well, Walker is a more, the more prominent of the two cars, but obviously Harry Maguire as well from our academy. Um, and broke into first team football with us, so I feel like uh, Lowton's kind of gone under the radar a little bit, but I'm sure he'll get a, a good reception. I think this will be the first time he's. Um, yeah, it must be. This must be the first time he'll come back to Bramall Lane since, uh, since yeah, he left to go to Villa. Because, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we're obviously in League One at the time. Um, so, talks, well, actually, yeah. So, who, who are going to be the uh, looking ahead, looking specifically at Saturday now? Um, 
who are going to be the key danger men for Burnley this weekend? You already mentioned uh, Chris Wood. If he is, if he's back in the team, is I, yeah. I imagine there's a, another name you're probably going to throw out there. But I'll, I'll, I'll give you the floor. Go ahead, Dwight McNeil for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's uh, to be honest. I think without we were very well he's one of our youth players who's come up through the the academy team and mm. um he played in some of the earlier europe games and we were like oh you know this this guy looks good we like the look of him and it was purely by luck really and i think um Deitch dodged a bullet here we, we talked earlier about um Deitch and his relationship with the fans Deitch did go through a really tricky patch last season around christmas where there were just decisions being made all over the park which were wrong and, and the players were playing poorly and Darch was making weird decisions and I think everybody was out of sorts mm. and fair enough they all pulled it together um, <clears throat> but Darch was really lucky really in that um, I think we got Lennon and Brady were, but, and Goodmanson were all injured at the same time in a spell so we had no choice but to play McNeil and he's literally yeah. not lost his play since um, so yeah a bit of luck there but sometimes the luck goes your way and that was Darch's get out of jail card I think without him last season we'd have been down for sure oh, really? Uh, Oh yeah, yeah. I think so. We 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 had no direction, and it wasn't everything was out of sorts last season. But we weren't we weren't scoring goals, and the reason we weren't scoring goals is that we just were not creating anything. Mm. Um, and McNeil just single handedly created our chances last season, and then suddenly Barnes and Wood started scoring again, and we just did enough to get us over that line and, and to to survive again. And that's carried on this season. Um, mm. He's by far our most creative player. Um, he's just a dream to watch. I'm I'm absolutely convinced um, to the point where I'd. I'd, um, I, I would literally put money on it um, that he won't be with us next season. He's mm. gonna he's gonna go for big money in the summer, hundred percent. Is he? It's a copy English, surely. <laughs> he is. Yeah, it's, it's just broken into the under twenty ones, um, huh. and we've heard. I don't, uh, it's interesting how um, the football mill goes. This may very well be absolutely nothing, but um, by all accounts, um, Southgate's wanting to fast track him into the seniors, so he's I... getting him much tw- under twenty ones as possible. I didn't realise he was only 19 still. I thought he was yeah, like 21 or something. So he's, he's, he's a baby. Yeah, he really yeah. is. He's literally last season. He, this last season he came up for my in my development squad. So yeah, mm. he's, he's, he's absolutely incredible. He's a joy to watch, and he's one of these players that could literally sit in a in a top six side for sure. Um, mm. And he will go for big money. Um, I don't know if this is a rumour actually, but I've heard that he's got a 50 million release clause in his contract. I don't know how accurate that is, but. That feels like a lot of money for Burnley. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you say that, but that's I mean that's that's pretty standard, I guess now, isn't it? I mean we yeah, were... Tarkovsky's got the same. Tarkovsky's got fifty million as well in his release clause. Yeah. I mean if you you know, what is he worth to you? It's a bit like a Palace with Zahar, isn't it? I mean you mentioned, you know, you, Absolutely. you said you'd have gone down last season if it weren't for him. Well what is the price of relegation? You know, it, it was is Zahar worth seventy million, you know, you sort of bulk at it a bit, but if he's worth if that's the difference between staying up and going down to Palace then He's absolutely worth that. Yeah, exactly. Um, any possible weaknesses that uh, Sheffield United should look to exploit this weekend in the game? Um, no. I just, uh, <laughs> no, I, I didn't. That wasn't a telling silence. I was genuinely just considering that. It's a bit of a difficult one, really. If we if we turn up at the weekend and we play our away game that we do and we get back to our best defensively, then I'm not sure that there is an obvious weak point that mm. you can. Um, I guess set pieces we've been undone a couple of times, just fine. That difference between uh, just finding your man, I think certainly a couple of the goals we scored, uh, the two goals we conceded, sorry, at Leicester were very disappointing in terms of, of defensively and they came from... Um, uh, from that kind of uh, of attacking play, so maybe 
maybe try and get corners or free kicks around the box. That's probably a decent thing. I think if you try and run at us or you try and break down that defence, I think we, we or put long balls over the top of it, I think we're pretty good at trying to um, manage those. I think a weak spot would be, I think if you mark Barnes out of the game, mm. assuming he's back, um that can completely nullify our attack. The success of Barnes and Wood up front very much allows them both to have the freedom to draw defenders away from the other one and and stuff like that. So I think I'd say maybe set pieces and maybe if you neutralise one of our front two, then you you might stop us. You'll probably stop us from scoring. Hmm. I think it'll be a tight game. Whatever we don't, um, you know, we we don't concede many at all, uh, and we don't score many either. And I think. Um, I think our, our games this season have had the lowest amount of goals in them out of any other team in the Premier League. So we've we've been very much in the uh, the, the keep it tight kind of uh, kind of mould so far. And yeah, I'd, I'd be I'd be pretty surprised if there's if it, if this game's different. To be honest, I think it will be a, a close one, whichever way it goes. Mm. Um, all right, let's uh, let's wrap it up there then, Natalie. So thank you, thank you so much for taking the time out to uh, to talk. I really appreciate it. And, uh, no problem, yeah, some, pleasure. Some great insight into Burnley. So if people want to listen to your podcast or, or check you out on uh, on social, where, where should they do so? They should do well. Our the Burnley podcast is No Near Never, and you can find us Twitter handle at No Near Never. And if you not really interested in Burnley but you want to chat to me, my Twitter handle is at Natalie underscore Bromley. Lovely stuff. All right, thank you very much again, and uh, yeah, hope you hope you enjoy the game this weekend. If if not, the final result, and uh, yeah, all the best to Burnley for the rest of the season. Same to you guys. Mm-hmm.